Hey friends, welcome to the Sacred Story Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Wilcox, and I'm so glad you're here. During this time, we carve out sacred space to reflect on our God-authored stories, to hear from women in the chapters of their stories, and to think about God's greater story around the world. I'm excited to introduce ordinary yet brave women who are declaring God's faithfulness. I'm honored to be on the journey with you. Here's this week's episode. Hi, friends. We're so excited for the Sacred Story podcast today because I get to invite you into a conversation with a dear friend and sister who I've had connection with over the years, and she has such an amazing story. And so, Susan, I just want to welcome you to the Sacred Story podcast. Thank you, Laura. Thank you for welcoming me and uh, greetings to everyone out there. So glad you're listening. Yes. And, you know, it's interesting how we knew each other for a number of years, and I did not know your story. I know. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, it's kind of like when you, you know, find out things about people, and, and it's just a blessing to see how God works in all our lives in different ways. So I knew you were such a faith-filled and faithful woman of God. And when I heard your story, it just really reinforced that, but also gave me such a great appreciation, admiration for what God's done in your life. Oh, thanks. That's very kind. Well, uh, my it's my joy and my pleasure to to share about, to talk about the Lord and share about His work in my life. Amen. And I'm going to give a little plug for our retreats right here because I feel like you had come to a retreat and it, I just want the those who are listening to know that it creates space to actually process and talk about our stories. And it is a special time, but also a sacred time. And I've seen women who have known each other for 20 years as college friends, and they actually didn't even know all the stories because there just wasn't that space to tell yes. them. Yeah, yeah. So your retreats are amazing places where... And just you can be silent and really get to connect with the Lord and with others and be encouraged in your personal story as well and, and have a safe place to share. So that it was a real blessing to be able to come to your retreat. That blesses me. And so let's dig into your story. And yeah. very tragically, your story starts out with some real turmoil, some trauma. Tell yes. us about that. Yes. So at 16 years old, I was kidnapped and gang raped in Kenya, which is where mm, I'm from. So heartbreaking. And, uh, and, you know, of course, at that time I was a virgin. So it was, it was very, mm -hmm. very traumatic. Um, and so that's, that's just something that started off a, a whole slew of issues. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. I can't following. Imagine. Yes. And, um, you know, I'd grown up in a Christian home. And so for me, I, I'd never met people who could do something like that to others. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that also really affected my walk with the Lord because it, it just really was, uh, I felt like the Lord had abandoned me during that time. Mm -hmm. when that happened to me. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into that, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was not a fun time in my life. <laughs> mm. Oh yes. my goodness. So much to process. And at such a young age, and how do you even sort through the trauma? And you said that your parents behaved differently. So explain how they behaved or how they responded. Yes, that's correct. So my mom was, you know, I came back home the next morning it, mm. it happened on an overnight and was released the next day came back home you know bleeding crying just mm. you know all that and my mom broke down cried was oh, just wailing man. was just mm. heartbroken mm. and my dad was silent mm. um and mm. so uh later on my cousin came over who at the time was, was like my dad's best friend. Uh, they were both the same age at the time. And, mm -hmm. and he, he told him what had happened. And my dad was like, well, let's, we need to go find these people. And my cousin was actually more, showed more emotion than my dad did. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So 
And what do you think, looking back, what do you think was going through your dad's emotions and mind? Or not that you can read them, but did you get a a greater glimpse or did he, in the future, did he say things or how did that go? Yeah, he never spoke to me about it ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Never asked me, just asked me, hey, can we... Can we go find these people? And unfortunately, mm-hmm. we went to find them. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's like the place did not exist. And mm-hmm. so it, it was really tough. And so my cousin asked me, should we call the police? And and yeah. I was like, man, I'm 16 years old. I just um, started high school. And I was like... I mean, this is not going to be something that the authorities will take seriously. And already Mm, mm. I was very hurt um, Mm, mm. by some of the responses at home. And and just obviously the whole thing was just traumatic. So I I decided I would rather not tell anybody. But Mm -hmm. they took me to the hospital afterwards to be checked. and, Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because even the doctor checked me out and was very upset about it, but nobody ever said, you know, we cannot leave these people. We have to ask the authorities Mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. find them. Mm -hmm, Yeah. mm -hmm. Yeah. At least pursue the authorities, whatever they do with it. You know, that makes me so sad. It makes me just feel like such heartache for you and your friend that went through it as well. Yes. Yes. So I had a friend, a, a very close friend, who went through it as well. And uh, it, it was just a very, it was a very sad day because I, I really felt like I could not also continue my friendship with her. Mm. Uh, we were best friends mm. because mm. I was so traumatized and just seeing her because she responded mm. differently than I did in the situation mm-hmm. and the, the guys were using it against me. Mm. And so it was mm. just, it was just a very con- confusing um, right. event. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. my response was just to be like, I- I've got to shut everything and everyone out who was yeah. there yeah. in that moment. I don't, I don't blame you. That is a normal human response. So, mm-hmm. And because you said that they were mocking you and shaming you for crying yes. right? during the uh, trauma and Yes. So they were, you know, slapping us around and, you know, um, threatening to do worse. And, uh, and they were just like, you know, you're crying. Look at your friend. She's not, you're crying. You know, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. Stop crying. Um, Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, unfortunately, the problem with people who abuse others, sometimes they like to pretend that you're you're actually enjoying this. Yeah. yeah. And so that's like uh, uh, that's another tactic of of just intimidation and, mm-hmm. and uh, the mm-hmm. sick whatever is going on in their heads and so mm-hmm. unfortunately they were doing all that and and uh, of course uh, since my friend was responsive responding differently it, it terrified me even more because mm-hmm. <laughs> I was yeah. like if yeah if anyone's yeah. gonna get killed here they're gonna start <laughs> with me because I'm the one who's making noise and <laughs> Right. You're like, I'm, I'm actually in reality here, you know, <laughs> but I'm going to be, I'm going to be really um, punished for my reality. <laughs> oh gosh. And that's so hard. I, I mean, I can't imagine, but I have some, uh, some, some um, experiences that would lend themselves to experiencing assault, but, but this is such a deep wound. Yeah. And so, um, so your sister also accused you of lying, which is very painful. Yeah, unfortunately, when I came back home, um, and uh, and uh, jokingly, I had just said to my mom when I was going to meet my friend, we would meet and just you know like walk around the downtown area, mm-hmm. and then uh, maybe have have some uh, uh, fast food and then go back home. 
Yeah. And so I had joked and said, oh, I'm not coming back home tonight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it was just, oh, a, you know, just like a little joke. Uh, yes. Yes. At 16. <laughs> yeah. And my mom was like, what are you doing? You know, and, um, yeah, and so yeah. when I came back the next day, my sister just, I don't know why she, she said this, um, but she alluded to the fact that I might have invited them to do this to me. Mm. And so, yeah, yeah it, it was very painful. And, and, you know, with, with any assault, there are times when, especially with that kind of assault, there are times when you think, did I do something to, to cause this? Yeah. Like, what did I do? Yeah. Was it what I was wearing? You know, and I wasn't dressed. Right you know, inappropriately. And how did I, yeah. How on? did I bring this on? How, cause you're trying to find answers to why someone would do this. Yes. And I think I had experienced a date rape situation oh, and no. that was very difficult, but yeah, you do, you go through all the different things like, and, and it's confusing. Yes. Confusing to sort it out. Yes. And so, you said that this devastating experience preyed on some of the insecurities that you already had. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so while I was growing up, um, I, I tended to to be a little bit different from other kids. Uh, for instance, mm -hmm. you know, I was very into music and I liked rock music. Everybody else would thought mm -hmm. rock music was the pits, you know, mm -hmm. and <laughs> even though mm -hmm. I came from a very uh, conservative Christian background, I always mm -hmm. questioned some of the things that people would, would uh, um, kind of allude to as, as being essential or disciplines mm -hmm. that they alluded to as being essential in our walk. It was, mm -hmm. it's a very, um, legalistic. Mm -hmm. And even at that young age, I just was not in agreement with some of that stuff and would voice, mm -hmm. would voice it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so people mm -hmm. were like, what is wrong with you? You're weird. Mm -hmm. And then of course mm -hmm. I, I, I was bullied a lot at school and mm -hmm. uh, really mm -hmm. struggled Sad. with, with Sad. weight and things like that. Yeah. Those are hard, hard wounds and growing up mm -hmm. and, so when you experienced the the gang rape, um, how did it affect your faith? Because clearly you felt like God had abandoned you. And that is mm -hmm. so I would be feel the same in your situation. So how did it affect your faith? Yes. So I already was really questioning a lot of things about my faith. Mm -hmm. And um, it just took me the other direction because I felt like if God really loved me, as he mm -hmm. said, he does, he would have saved me from mm -hmm. being mm -hmm. assaulted in that way. And, and it was my dream to, to be married as a virgin. You know, that was kind of mm -hmm. what I had mm -hmm. decided already in my yeah. life. And, and so it was just kind of like, well, this is what I was told God would love for me to do, would want me to mm -hmm, do. And mm -hmm, then he mm -hmm. is not there because during that whole time I was crying and praying and saying, God, help mm -hmm. me, yeah. Lord, help me. And, and of course, you know, my interpret of help did not come. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, that is that is very uh, alone, feeling very alone yes. and wondering, wondering where God is. And so how have you reconciled that as you look back? Yes. And so I, I realized that the Lord was with me that day because it could have been a whole lot worse. Like I said, mm -hmm. it could yeah. have, yeah. you know, there, there was, there was a very, as in the forces that were in control of those men were very evil. Mm -hmm. So it, mm -hmm. it could have gone a, a different direction. Um, yeah. I feel that even though, you know, we, we try to, to keep safe and do certain stuff, but things happen because this is a, a world full of evil. There are evil people mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. this world. Yeah. And right. so there's, 
there's no magic bottle that says, you know, mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. you will be safe, you know, because you're not right. seeking danger. That's, that's not something that we are promised in this world. In fact, the Lord's word says that we will have trouble, mm-hmm. uh, but that the Lord has overcome. And so, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, for me, I think one of, the biggest steps that I took when I, I started coming back to the Lord is to forgive those guys. And that purely came mm-hmm. from the Holy Spirit because mm-hmm. I all of a sudden I was like, yeah, I'm going to forgive them. Wow. Which is a supernatural, amazing turning point in your story. Yes. So tell us, you said that for a while you were away from God because of this experience and you were, you know, kind of going your own way and looking for things to fill you. So how long did that season last? Wow. So that season lasted from basically when I was 18 Mm -hmm. and uh, lasted all the way to when I was 28. And I was just like, trying to get back at guys in my own way as well. Yeah. 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 Um, Like how can I punish someone for, yeah. Yeah. How can I punish them? And, you know, I had decided I would never get married and, you know, I was just like, guys are not, you know, anything that I want in my life Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with men. And so, I, I kind of used and abused people <laughs> and, yeah. and, you know, yeah, right. just kind of did whatever I wanted, but it's like acting out yes, of our wounds. Yes. And, and became also became quite uh, promiscuous in terms of if I saw something that I wanted or I would just mm-hmm. go for it, you know, I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't hesitate. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my heart, I knew what I was doing was wrong mm. because when we truly have the spirit of God in our lives, we, we just cannot continue to do wrong without conviction. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yes. So, so I was definitely convicted, but kept choosing to, to turn my back on God. Yeah. We muffle the spirit and yes. we, dampen his ability to get our attention even. And so, but you felt God stirring in you to come back to him, to reconnect. So tell us about that. Yeah, it was actually really interesting how that happened because I was totally in the throes of just, you know, living the way I wanted to live and Mm -hmm. uh, was was laying in bed and and uh, I was just like, I am so lonely. And I had someone next to me. I was like, I am so lonely mm. and I just mm. feel terrible. And that person was like completely in love with me, you know? <laughs> However, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I need something else. This is not it. And um, yeah. And so I just started wanting to go back to church. And at the mm. time I was living in Washington, D.C., and there was literally no church <laughs> that mm-hmm. I felt was uh, alive. There were churches everywhere. And I, I went to several of those churches looking for mm-hmm. for the Lord. Um, but it just, there was no life in the churches mm. at the time, at least the ones that I went to. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I kept I kept pressing in somehow by the grace of God. I was like, I, I need I need more. And I remember one day I woke up from a dream that I was with my mother who had uh, since passed. Oh, wow. And I could literally I could smell her. I felt like she was in the room with me. Oh wow. And there was such a comfort and such a peace. And of course, you know, when you're living in sin, there's no peace. So, Mm -hmm. so you're continually like running from peace or searching from, I mean, running to, to try and find peace or searching for peace. But this one night I woke up and I was feeling complete peace. Mm. And I said, Mm. Oh Lord, like, can I have this? Can I have this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I felt like the Lord said 
to me, I I want I want to change your life. And my friends were so tender. Yeah, it was it was very <laughs> sweet and mm-hmm. very very sweet and tender like you said. And at the time my friends were, you know, just drinking and partying kind of friends. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to do that um anymore and so I felt like the Lord said to me, you need to leave Washington, D.C., and mm. that will happen for you. Because I, I started to pray for, for friends, for Christian friends. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I... Is, <laughs> I'm sorry. Which is amazing because mm-hmm. we talk about assuming thirst in people, even people that don't know the Lord, that we assume thirst because God's put it in us. Yeah. And I just think how wonderful that you became alive to that thirst again. And yes. To the body of Christ. And describe the cathedral, though, that you used to go to in Washington, D.C. Yes, this is uh, this is actually the, the National Cathedral, and it is mm-hmm. one of our nation's symbols of pride in Washington, D.C. Um, mm-hmm. They have a very uh, beautiful, beautiful cathedral there, and uh, I decided I would start there start there yeah yeah sounds sounds lovely <laughs> sounds uh sounds peaceful <laughs> and you know the priest would walk down the the aisle with the censer and people were yeah. kneeling and standing and kneeling and there's Aww. there's all this uh liturgy and so it was very different from oh, what wow. i had grown up with but i i was just searching for for the presence of God. And, and I'm not saying he wasn't there, but I just couldn't feel, (laughs) I couldn't feel like he was there. And, uh, I, so I decided, oh, when I left and, um, and went to Atlanta because I felt like, yes, I need to leave Washington DC. So I went to Atlanta Mm, mm, mm -hmm. and, uh, my best friend, from college lived there, but she was not a believer either. And so Mm. my life just went back to that, you know, running around and all that. And Mm -hmm. it didn't last long. Um, And of course the Lord through some other circumstances removed me Mm -hmm. from there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He was watching out for you. He was. So then you said that in Atlanta, you had, there was another turning point of realizing how near God is and how active he is in your life. Yes. And so, you know, I was still seeing my boyfriend who was from, you know, before in Washington, D.C. And so he would drive to Atlanta to see me. And um, and I, I looked for a job and I couldn't find one. And so one, one day... My friend told me, you know, I I have a job for you at the gas station. Just come and start working. Mm -hmm. I've already Mm -hmm. done the preliminary setup and all you need to do is just show up. And for me that, (laughs) yeah, I mean, (laughs) I didn't even look at that as God's provision. I was (laughs) like, this is so embarrassing. Why would I work work at a gas station? Work at a gas station. (laughs) Uh, really really (laughs) so I I kept you know declining her offer and she was like I know you need money (laughs) she's like I need an employee and you need money (laughs) come on you know yeah so finally I I said I would go she had you know set everything up for me uh with her manager and literally just like did not even have an interview, just kind of started, got dressed up and started working. Uh-huh. Well, unfortunately, there was a drug dealer who would deal drugs from that gas station. Oh, no. Okay. This, yeah, this is not, uh, not, an, not a safe story in a sense. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, he would be there from eight o'clock to five o'clock or later every oh, wow. single day. And so they told oh, me my that guy's a drug dealer. Just don't, you know, don't mess with him kind of deal. And, uh, but he would come into the, the store and he would just take whatever he wanted. Like he owned the oh, store. Gosh. 
and yeah, walk out. Yeah. And yeah. And again, the spirit of God. That's not right. Yeah. I mean, the spirit of God in me was like, no. Right, right. Yeah. You're like, I will rise up. <laughs> so so the guy was just kind of like he was kind of perturbed by my response to him. He he kept asking me, Do you know who I am? Like, what's wrong with you? Who do you think you're talking to? right nobody stands in my way (laughs) and he would be like mind your own business and I'd be like this is my business I'm working (laughs) oh that's funny (laughs) I will protect my territory (laughs) so the guy started really loathing me and um anytime I was there he just he didn't like it, but he, he kept trying to do whatever he wanted. Of course, I would always be like, I'm calling the police. And so he'd have to mm. like put whatever it is he had taken back. And so mm-hmm. one day, I think he was uh, working a deal and, and I accidentally hung up the phone, mm-hmm. uh, the payphone, mm-hmm. as I was cleaning. And he came in and he mm-hmm. was furious and mm, so that's the first mm. time he he truly like threatened me and he threatened to kill me. Mm, wow. And uh I knew he was not joking. I knew he was serious. And so I I mm-hmm. shared this story with the manager and she was just like, you know, he's he's a drug dealer. He's going to say things and do things. Just ignore him. Um but he came back with a group of guys one day when I was alone. Scary. Yeah. And I mean, just like in the movies and he'd been banned from the store at that time. Cause I kept saying, I don't feel safe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so he waited for her. They were waiting somewhere, watched, she left and they drove in. I was by myself mm-hmm. and I just knew he was kind of, you know, looking straight at me. They're wearing these black, they're all in black, four men in black uh-huh, uh-huh. out of a oh, black God. car. I mean, like, That's ter- terrifying. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You're like, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, this is looking really uh, like a bad outcome. <laughs> yeah. And so I prayed and remember, mm. I didn't really pray. Right. Mm-hmm. But I mm-hmm. just said, Jesus, help me. Those are the mm-hmm. words I spoke. And literally, it's like the manager and the assistant manager fell from the sky. They just showed up. Oh I God. don't even know how how they came. I yeah. just, all of a sudden, they were there. That's so amazing. Yeah, and so the guy left. They, I mean, they just ran away and um, and got in the car and took off. And after that, mm-hmm. I had shared with my sister, who at the time was living in Houston, what mm-hmm. happened. And she said, oh, no, this guy is after you and he will not rest. And mm-hmm. so she said, uh, pack your stuff. <laughs> On Friday, yeah. I'm flying there. You're coming to Houston. <laughs> oh, good sister. Good sister. <laughs> and again, I think that was God because that was yeah. she was just like, no, there's no discussion yeah. A younger sister too, and she was like, "I'm flying yeah. there. Pack your stuff. We are leaving." Yeah. So, so then you have a new start in Houston, and you said that you started pursuing Bible study. Yes. So my sister told me that she had found a wonderful church, and she told me we go to church on Monday. So I was like, "Hmm, that's uh-huh. interesting. Church on Monday." Yeah. Right, And so she basically said, on Monday, we're going to church. It wasn't a question. And so I was like, okay. Uh So we went to Metro Bible study, which at the time was on Mondays. And I just was like shocked. I was shocked by the fact that there were all these young people my age. Mm -hmm. They were not in church clothes, you know, because I grew up in a church Mm -hmm. where you had to dress a certain way. Mm-hmm. They were worshiping God with all their hearts. And the preacher mm. came and, and spoke, and it was relevant to me. That had never happened before. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. I could sense mm-hmm. the presence of God. I, I mean, I just knew God was in the room because that peace mm-hmm. I talked about was in the room. Yes. The Prince of Peace was in the room. And so I was like amazed. I I just sat in silence the whole time. (laughs) I I could believe what was going on. (laughs) Oh my goodness. You're like, I'm in, I'm where I want to be, not knowing how much you wanted to be there. Exactly. And I was like, what is happening? What is going on? Like, what do these people (laughs) have that I don't have? You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so that's how it started. Again, thirsty, right? God's like, I'm the source of meeting our thirst. And sometimes we talk about that in Sacred Story, that people's thirst could be misguided, Mm -hmm. but they're still thirsty. And so I love that you begin to reconnect with God and and his people. So what changes did you see as you continued to do Bible study and and I'm assuming have some Christian friends at this point? Yeah, so, so I knew no one except my sister. And uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, it was kind of weird, actually, because when I started going to Metro, I could not get enough of it, you know, and mm-hmm. I couldn't wait mm-hmm. to the next time. And then I'd go back home and mm-hmm. I'd be, I couldn't stop talking about what I'd heard, but my sister started to turn off. And so there was a spiritual battle taking place. Of course, I had no idea it was a spiritual battle. Yeah, yeah. Um, But we got to the point where she literally, because I I was living with her, she kicked me out. (laughs) She's like, leave. Oh, no. no. She's the one who rescued you in Atlanta. (laughs) And then she kicked you out. And then she kicked me out. And so that night I went to Metro and... There was a lady there, Carolyn Glass, that's her name now. Mm-hmm. And she prayed for me and she said, um, I don't know how God's going to answer because I had no job, nothing, right? I don't know how God's mm-hmm. going to answer, but we just pray and God heard her prayers. I never mm. heard someone respond to knowing that God heard our prayers. Mm. Mm. Um, and before even he's responded to the prayer, you know what I mean? I was like, mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's right. faith right there. <laughs> right. Active, Active faith. faith. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and, and then she yeah. said, oh, by the way, what are you doing this weekend? Cause my life Bible study class has a retreat. Mm-hmm. And mm. I would love for you to come. I said, I have no money and my car's broken down. I'm borrowing my sister's car to be here tonight. And mm-hmm. um, since she's kicked me out, <laughs> I can't borrow her car anymore. <laughs> and uh, and she was like, oh, don't worry about it. I, I will take care of everything. And uh, yeah, and she was like, just come with me. I'll take care of everything. And I just, I said yes, because I thought it was a women's retreat. Uh And so when I went to the retreat and there were men there, I was kind of like, what's going on? Like, how can men be at the same place with women? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like you had this, yeah, like this moment it sounds like light bulb moment or yes yeah but what i didn't realize was god was also redeeming the way i looked at men and uh that weekend i i was really amazed uh because i was in the presence of christian men who really loved god Mm -hmm. sincerely and Mm -hmm. loved their sisters in christ and it was just a wonderful time where there was no drink, no nothing inappropriate, but people had fun together in a mixed in mixed company. And I yes. had fun, yes. and I was like, "Wow!" And so my friend invited me to join her at church that Sunday, and so that's how I started growing um, in my faith. Oh, praise God for people who, believers who take the initiative to go out of their way and notice the one. So uh, if we all have that mindset every day, like, Lord, show me, I will go out of my way for the one, show me who that is. Not not that there might be two or three or four, but um, it's it's interesting. I was reading this morning as a side note here in my devotional about going out of your way and noticing the one. And so I love that that you were uh, a recipient of all that 
all the kindness and care. Yes. And I love that you also saw the men in a different light. And yes. because of course that would be such a hard thing to get through emotionally. Yes. And so how did you forgive your perpetrators? I mean, you talk about forgiving them. Tell us a little bit about that process. Yes. And so we, you know, the, the amazing thing is sanctification is a process. And so mm-hmm. I start going to church. I'm going to Metro every weekend. I mean, every Monday and, uh, and going to life Bible study. We're doing uh, Bible study. And so the Lord starts to work in my heart and guess where he starts. He starts to cut out mm. the dead parts. Mm. So yeah. immediately it was like, okay, I want you to throw out all this literature that you read. Cause I don't like that stuff. Throw out all mm-hmm. this music. Cause that's not pleasing to me. And so I'm, I start to throw all this stuff out. <laughs> You're like, what's that? <laughs> I'm like, man, I never saw this this way. You know, like I'd never heard this music yes. like this before. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I going to yes. listen to now? And then God starts bringing other things in. And then the appetites it, yeah. of the spirit versus the appetites of the yeah. flesh. Yeah. And so slowly my life started to change. And, um, and the life Bible study, they insisted that we do discipleship training. Um, and it was kind of like, well, if you really want to grow in your faith, you're going to be discipled. And so, of course, mm-hmm. I said, yes, I want to grow in my faith. So I was discipled. And while I was being discipled, it was like, okay, now you're going to have some people who you're growing with and you're going to learn how to read scripture, memorize, you're going to learn how to pray. You're going to be, you know, really cognizant of the time you spend with God. And it's not going to be just some random thing. It's going to be like something that you do daily and it has purpose. And it's like a meeting, you know, with a very important person. And, and, Wow, that's yes. a good way to describe yeah. it. Yeah, it's not just something that just happens. It's it's actually mm-hmm, a meeting, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and so I started learning a lot about the Lord, and um, and one of the the days that I was in Bible study, they said they wanted to have uh, some people volunteer to be part of the singing group, and mm. I mean, I was very shy. But I just felt like the Lord was like, you're going to get up and go and be part of the singing group. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Surprise. (laughs) So a lot of that happened where, you know, that happened. I became part of the singing group. And then (laughs) I love that you followed him in that. (laughs) (laughs) And then now another person in the class came up to me once and said, you know, I really feel like you're going to be our next prayer leader. And I was like, no, I cannot do that. Why would I want to do that? And she kept saying, no, we've prayed and God say needs you. (laughs) (laughs) So, So in many ways, I would respond with fear and trepidation. But the Lord would be like, no, I want you to do this. And so mm-hmm. I would end up having mm-hmm. to to concede and um, and learn something new or step out in faith in, in ways that I'd never done before. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Beautiful. I mean, the Lord just started to show me I had gifts that he had given me to share mm-hmm. with the church and, and uh, mm-hmm. to you know, edify other believers. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. It was amazing what God did in my life. Just completely turned me upside down. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you have continued to serve him. And so I love that because God has used your gifts and skills in amazing ways. And so you feel like as you saw yourself more as right as God yeah. sees you. I feel like when he calls us into serve at times he's like this is how yes. I see you. You see yourself or you you you've given yourself this um, yeah. identity. And so you talk about that in your story. You talk about that 
the enemy had tried to still kill and destroy your name yeah. and identity. And so what do you, how do you describe that? Yeah, you know, I, I struggled for many years with the loss of hope um, because not only did I have that um, happen to me, but then my mom, who I was really close to, just died suddenly, you know. And yeah, um, yeah. I'm so so sorry because she sounds like she was oh, such a gem. For she the was Lord. amazing. <laughs> she was such a wonderful woman. And so mm-hmm. I felt unwanted, and I had defined myself by that nightmare in my youth, and thought I was mm-hmm. damaged and and could not be loved. And so even though I was in this setting, this wonderful setting. I I often felt like, no, I'm not good enough. I cannot be like everybody else or I'm on a different level Mm -hmm. um, than anybody Mm. else. But the Lord continued to show me, no, I've chosen you because he would always speak Mm -hmm. something kind of like the whole prayer thing where I had never been mm-hmm. praying in front of them. They didn't know me that well. So so I was just like, what are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> it's like the last thing I want to do is pray in front of people yeah, and lead people yeah, to pray. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're like, this is not in my vision for myself. <laughs> but the Lord was saying, you're a prayer warrior. You're a leader. Yes. And you're yes. going to lead my people. And I was like... Oh, no. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> like get your warrior on sister, get your armor on. <laughs> yeah. So, so which is the antithesis of when you endure abuse and attack, your attacker tries to make you feel like mm-hmm. you are not mm-hmm. strong in any way. They, they, they relish the idea of overpowering you and stripping you of any dignity that you would have. And that's so, so that's that had become kind of something that was in me, um, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And God is is and was in the process of redeeming yes. that what the enemy intended for evil. And you talk about a character in the Bible that you that also had a name change. Yes, and it's interesting because this lady was. Um, I mean, she was, her life was totally different than mine in that she was married with kids and then she experienced mm-hmm. loss. And, and the lady I'm talking about mm-hmm. is Naomi. And when mm-hmm. Naomi experienced uh, the loss of her sons and her husbands in a foreign land, she began to call herself Mara, which means bitter. Mm-hmm. And after mm-hmm. she she started this and the Lord was faithful, even in her kind of like her mess. And he, he brought Ruth to be in there to, to share the love of Christ with Naomi. And so Ruth mm-hmm. is the one who started to show Naomi the love of God and her name changed because of Ruth. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and so that mm-hmm. redemption started with the people that the person that God put in her life. But I, I often felt that way. I felt like, you know, here I am. I'm bitter because God has taken everything that is worth any of my salt, you know, anything that was worth something mm-hmm. to me was, was gone. And mm-hmm. here I am in a mm-hmm. foreign land and I cannot really, you know, just, um, take care of myself like I would want to. It's just so hard. You know, there were all these obstacles, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, just mm-hmm. like Naomi had, but, uh, but the Lord was faithful to bring Caroline glass into my life. And that brought, mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. ushered in a whole group of people and through the love of Christ and the hands and feet of Christ, through this group of people in the Life Bible Study and at Metro, the Lord started to show me he was really behind all of that and that I was I was a mm. different person, not, mm-hmm, not the mm-hmm. person that I had suddenly become and, and my name was no longer what I had been calling myself for all those years. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's, 
it's the way of the enemy and our flesh mm-hmm. to yes yes and, and some of those emotions that you said that you had are so valid and the shame and the pain and and the um all of it and yet god wants to heal us and give us new hope and new restoration and rebuild us. Um, So what are some of the, some of the um, phrases you use now to, to describe yourself? You know, it's kind of interesting because (laughs) now I am like in Ephesians, you know, here we are, we're in Ruth and Mm -hmm, we're calling ourselves, mm -hmm. um, uh, Mara, <laughs> you know, bitter because of the yeah, hardships yeah. and everything and unwanted and unloved. But then we go back yeah. uh, to Ephesians and that's where I really started to see how I was loved. I was beloved mm-hmm. and I was chosen mm-hmm. and I was blameless mm-hmm. in God's sight. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And amazingly, I've, I was like, I can't even believe that I can release my perpetrators. You know, mm-hmm. I can do that mm-hmm. because the Lord has changed my life. And there's a bigger thing happening here than something, whatever mm-hmm. they were trying to do, you know. Um, yeah. And life is bigger than death. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so... Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm not saying that it was no longer a painful memory of all the stuff that had happened, mm-hmm. but the power of loss and bitterness and hopelessness was mm-hmm. overshadowed mm-hmm. and overcome by the power of love and being chosen and mm-hmm. being forgiven and being mm-hmm. redeemed um, and being precious mm-hmm. Um Actually, I even remember when I was walking with the Lord, because I just kept having such a passion for God, like I was mm-hmm. head over heels with the with the Lord, the Word of God. And I just mm-hmm. was like, man, mm-hmm. I can't even believe I know God. <laughs> like the one who mm-hmm. created the mm-hmm. universe, I know mm-hmm. him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, it I know. It's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Um, but the Lord started to also um, heal my relationship with my dad. And Mm. um, unbeknownst to me, because of my dad's response, I had really kind of not really had a relationship with him. And, And I just kind of kept him at bay as somebody I would never connect with. But Mm -hmm. um, the Lord said to me, I, I I really want you to reconnect with your father and have a relationship with him. Mm. And so I started mm-hmm. calling my dad and at first it was very awkward. He was not at mm. all, <laughs> you know, in yeah, the same frame. Right. Probably did. <laughs> he was not in that same frame of mind, but um, mm-hmm. some of these words that I'm sharing were spoken by him because he started to say, wow, like I would call him and he would say, you know, I I've just been waiting to hear your voice. Oh, wow. And he would tell me how beloved and he even changed from, I'd never been called sweetheart or anything by my dad. But he started to mm. call me that. Oh wow! Yes, so and and so it was it was just amazing how the Lord started to use him as well to speak that mm. new life mm. into me and that new way mm. of seeing mm. myself. Because mm. yeah, That's because beautiful. my life had been changed. I had new life, but then when you see yourself in that new way, you start to live that new life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And so what would you say to another woman who's experienced trauma, whether sexual or some other type? Yes. And unfortunately that's a pretty regular occurrence. One yes. in three women. Yes. Is what it's I've heard. one yeah. in three. 
Um, and my heart, first of all, goes out to you. And I'm very sorry. Mm-hmm. And um, just deeply mm-hmm. sorry you. that you had to go through that. It is traumatic. And there's different measures yeah. of trauma but it's all the the emotions are the same. Yes. And so. I would say that I understand. I may not understand your exact situation, but I understand being stripped of your dignity, uh, being abused and used against your will, um, being beaten um, for no good reason, just for sport um, or whatever happened. And I understand dealing with with the evil that comes uh, through those people that the enemy channels through those people that hurt us. But mm-hmm. I have to say that he, especially if you're a woman who knows the Lord, he who is greater in he who is in the world is not greater than he who is in mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. It's really the other way mm-hmm. around, and you have the power to really walk by faith and believe God has redeemed you. He has restored you. He calls you by your name and he calls you his very own and he loves you. And just because, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe at that moment, God did not make a way for you to come out of that situation or maybe he did, but maybe he didn't. But just remember, mm-hmm. even in Jesus's case, he was in that situation until the very end. And mm-hmm. God could have sent legions of angels to rescue him from certain death, but that didn't happen. And mm-hmm. for a greater purpose, for a greater, mm-hmm. greater mm-hmm. purpose that would glorify God. And so... um Mm-hmm. I, I would mm-hmm. want those ladies to know that they can walk in forgiveness and they can walk in light and they can mm-hmm. be the catalyst mm-hmm. that turns somebody else's life around with their testimony of God's grace and redemption. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that speaks to me individually as I was responding to what you were saying as if I was, yeah. and I have been perpetrated in this area, but then I'm thinking of the, all the yeah. women who are hearing and this is this is amazing to think about your words that are being offered that will bring restoration and healing to the women who are listening who yes. also have suffered yes. some sort of trauma. And I love your story, Susan. It's called for the for those who um, go to our library, you can find it under "What Is My Real Name," and that is Susan's story. So feel free to pass on her story, whether it is through this podcast or through, uh, through the written version, because we know that we want other women to know that they are not alone and there's great hope and redemption in their story. So thank you so much, Susan, for being with us and sharing your heart and your story. Thank you, Laura. It's such a great privilege and an honor to serve you and serve the women who listen to the podcast and and who knows what God will do with it. But my, Mm -hmm. my prayer is that the women of God will know what a treasure they are, what a treasure they are and how much they are loved by God. Mm -hmm.